Thank you for listening to the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study, examine some questions teachers may face, and give some teaching tips along the way. I'm Dwayne McCreary, your host, and this week I'm being joined by Mike Livingston. Mike's one of the editors on the adult team. So, Mike, thank you for being with us today. Glad to be here. Uh, we're looking at session six of our study of Ezekiel and Daniel in the winter of 2021 through 2022. Today, we're looking at Ezekiel 37, verses 1 through 14. The main idea here is that God brings life to his people. Uh, these verses, verses 1 through 14, are familiar verses. The Valley of Dry Bones, as most people know this, but we've broken it up into three sections, the potential, the presentation, and the promise. Uh, let's begin with the potential, verses 1 through 6. Uh, in these verses, the Spirit of God took Ezekiel in a vision to a valley filled with dry bones. God helped Ezekiel understand the bones present had no apparent life. He then directed the prophet to speak to the bones, declaring that God would cause the bones to once again support a body with life. The purpose was to show that God could restore life to his people. The main idea for us is that God calls believers to see the potential in all lost people. The second point, verses 7 through 10, the presentation in these verses, we see Ezekiel acting in obedience, prophesying to the dry bones. As he did, God added flesh to the bones. At God's prodding, Ezekiel prophesied to add breath to the bodies. God then brought life to the bodies, which then stood to their feet. The main point for us is that God uses believers to bring new life to those who are dead in their sins, but put trust in Jesus Christ. The last section, verses 11 through 14, we call the promise. In these verses, God directed Ezekiel to prophesy to the Israelites that like the once dry bones, they too would be revived and brought back to their land to settle there. The purpose of God doing so was so that the people of Israel would know that God is Lord. For us, the thing that we need to walk away from these verses is that God offers hope for a future to those who trust in him. Mike, how did Ezekiel's obedience demonstrate his trust in God, even when dry bones are the witness? The book of James says that faith without works is a dead and useless faith. It's like a valley of dry bones, uh, kind of dead. So uh, faith without action makes its home in, in the valley of very dry bones. Genuine faith is made evident by our actions and by our works. So in Ezekiel 37, the Spirit of God took him, took the prophet, in a vision to this valley filled with dry bones. And they're not just dry bones. They're very dry bones, it says in verse 2. They are very dry which means they've been there for a while. It's the valley of very dry bones. And God asked Ezekiel can't, this question, can these bones live? Which the question in itself was the first test of the prophet's faith. Can these bones live? Normally the answer to that kind of question would be you know, an obvious no. Uh, I mean, dead people stay dead. Dry bones can't live. But Ezekiel knew that if there was any chance of, of, of life being brought out, out of this situation, that only God could do it. So God's question challenged 
Ezekiel to not look at this um, logically from a purely human perspective, but to look at this from the perspective of what God is able to do. Surely Ezekiel knew the stories of the dead being brought back to life during the times of Elijah and Elisha. So God told the prophet, prophesy concerning these bones, say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And, and Ezekiel did that. He obeyed. And as he obeyed, and not until he obeyed, but as he did, the bones began to come together. Uh, tendons appeared on them, flesh grew, skin covered them. But not until Ezekiel put his faith to work. And even before he finished speaking the words, the bones began to come back together. So when human logic said there's no way you know, that, that there can be life in this situation, Ezekiel believed God, and he demonstrated that belief by obeying uh, God's instructions. Yeah, even that his uh, response to God's question, uh, Lord God, only you know, uh, demonstrates a belief that is it's not a skepticism there, but it's a, he's stating, I, I'm not capable of doing it, only you're capable of doing it. That's important for us to keep in mind as we look at this passage. When we see this passage, this event, we have to stop and ask ourselves, at least I do, what role Ezekiel played here, what role God played, and how does that compare to the role we as believers play today? Yeah, Ezekiel's role was simply to be obedient to God. Follow God's instructions exactly as God gave them and speak the message that God gave him to speak. That was Ezekiel's role. The Spirit of God was the one who then breathed new life or breathed life into the bones. Ezekiel was just the instrument in all of this. His role was just to speak the message. So there's two things here. Chapter 37 tells us that we can believe that God will do, can do the impossible in the lives of people that we might be tempted to write off as, you know, that person's beyond hope. And then also this passage, this chapter, it does distinguish our role and God's role in seeing people's lives transformed. Our part is to speak his message, to be, to be witnesses. God's part is he transforms lives. And only the spirit of God can breathe life into the spiritually dead. When you read to the book of Acts, there, there are two factors at work in every evangelistic initiative recorded in every conversion. There are two factors involved. There's the word of God that is spoken. And there's the spirit of God who's at work. The spirit of God uses the word of God to do the work of evangelism. Same thing in Ezekiel 37. Same. The spirit work through the word. So our role is to speak the word. God's role is to change the lives of those who hear the word. Mike, this, this lesson obviously opens the door for us to share with someone about Christ. What can we do in this lesson to help someone come to know Christ for the very first time? Yeah, most certainly Ezekiel's vision of the dry bones coming to life parallels in many ways, a salvation experience. So even though most people's salvation experience is not, you know, it's not, it's not as dramatic as what you have here in this chapter. It's not as dramatic as what the Apostle Paul experienced. But, but every salvation experience is just as miraculous. The results are the same. The dead are made alive. And it's pointed out in, in each of our resources for this session that the gospel is not about making bad people good. 
it's, it's, it's not about someone turning over a new leaf. I'm going to try harder. I'm going to do better. I'm going to do more. I'm going to be a better person. It's not hoping our, our, our deeds will out, our good deeds will outweigh our bad deeds. That's not what the gospel is about. Ephesians chapter two, first 10 or so verses of Ephesians two connects to this uh, passage in Isaiah, uh, Ezekiel very well. It tells us in Ephesians two that we, that we are dead in our sins, like those dry bones, Okay. No life, no life. We are dead in our sins, but God made us alive through, through Jesus. So the, that's what the gospel is about, making dead people alive. And so the point to be made is that it's not, you know, it's not about what we can do to reach God. You know, those dry bones couldn't pick themselves up and clothe themselves with tendons and muscle and skin. It, it's about what God does and, and, and has done for us and can do in a person's life. I think this passage speaks to a reality that we need to touch on. And, and that reality is this, that in our churches, and maybe in our, even in our groups, there, there are some good people, they're moral people, they're religious people, and they may be members of the church or members of our Sunday school class, but they're lost. And that's just reality, that church membership and morality doesn't save you. So you're looking, looking in, Ezekiel 37, like in verses 7 and 8, you read how those bones came together as, as Ezekiel prophesied. The bones came together and, and tendons even appeared on them and then flesh grew and skin covered them. But it says, but there was no breath in them. At this point, there was no breath in them. They were just lifeless bodies. They, they had the tendons, they had the muscle, they had the skin, but they were lifeless nonetheless. Without a relationship with Christ, we can look religious, we can look respectable, but we're spiritually dead without him. So how do we help someone come to Christ using this lesson? I think there, you know, we could point to several things here. One, <clears throat> there's an there's a object lesson in QuickSource, that, that you, and you, you may or may not have access to QuickSource, but I'll, I'll tell you briefly what it is. Uh, it tells you to Take a, a bowl or a glass, some white vinegar and some salt and some old pennies, right? So you fill up this glass with half a cup of vinegar, two tea, teaspoons of salt, and you stir it up and you take some, some old pennies, you know, those really old looking pennies. Yes, my, I've got some that are green. We all have, we all have jars of pennies like that, probably. Uh, and, and yeah, you know, how much are those pennies worth? Well, of course, they're worth, we all know, they're worth one cent each. They're worth a cent. If you have five pennies, that's, that's worth five cents. So you drop the old pennies into the vinegar salt uh, mixture. You, you wait a few seconds. You take them out. Man, they look different. They look, they're all shiny. They look brand new and they're, they're shiny. But now how much are they worth? They, you know, they, they look different. They're all shiny and new looking but they haven't changed any. They really haven't changed in value, that is. They, they didn't magically turn into silver dollars or quarters. A penny is still a penny, no matter how shiny it is, it's still a penny. So in this vision of dry bones coming together and being covered with skin, you had all, you know, had all of that you know, taking place where you know, these, these bodies, by all appearances, you know, they, these looked like human bodies, but there was one thing missing until God breathed life into them they were dead. Doesn't matter what they look like, they were dead. So we can do all the religious things and we can look the, the part and have the appearance, 
of life, but apart from the work of God's spirit in us, it's, it's all superficial. So I would point to um, Ephesians 2 as being a related passage that says we are dead in our sins, but it's only God who, who can make us alive in Christ. There are some steps in the leader guide uh, group plan that they can um, direct us to, to make an evangelistic appeal in this lesson. At the end of the group plan, it asks the group to reflect on that third set of questions under the apply the text at the end of the lesson in the personal study guide and daily discipleship guide. And that, that set of questions uh, is, is this, it says this, to record how God worked in your life, to help you realize that you needed Jesus. And how did you respond to his offer of salvation? And if you haven't responded, with whom can you talk today about doing so? You know, there's, there's a step right there and, and, and make yourself available to those who, who say, well, you know, I'm not sure I have responded. Uh, be available to, to talk to those individuals. And I would mention also in, in every resource, the inside front cover has a, a brief gospel presentation, plan of salvation. And every quarter that is adapted to relate to the, to the books being studied. So in this quarter, there's a simple gospel presentation that connects to the message of Ezekiel and Daniel. And that's something else that you can point to as well. That, that particular page on the inside front cover opens the door for us to share in multiple ways. There's a, a group that I've, they've, they've sent me uh, emails before. Uh, there's a Bible study group that, that at the end of the quarter, on the last Sunday of the quarter, they take that book, they rip the cover off because it's got their notes inside of it. They don't want anybody else to see the, those notes, but they rip the cover off. And then whatever, they'll go somewhere as a group and they have to find somebody to share that information with. Uh, one of the things in the apply the text section, the, the second set of questions encourages you to discuss how willing you are to search for the lost and do whatever it takes to share with them about Jesus. And then it asks the question, how can the group be more obedient to telling others about Jesus? Well, that group have has found a way to use that inside front cover uh, to share with others about Christ. Uh, and so, they, they already kind of have an answer to that question, but our groups may not. So that's a, something we may need to wrestle with. It may mean that we pray for people in a different way, or maybe every, the second Tuesday of every month is praying for lost people, uh, people we know who do not know Christ. We may have to pray that God softens our hearts towards them as well, that we view them as something more than a valley of dry bones, like Ezekiel did here. Uh, but we find ways of using that front cover uh, to share the gospel. If we're making contacts, we're visiting people who are guests or prospects for our Bible study group. We may uh, have opportunities to share with them using that inside front cover when we deliver either the personal study guide or the daily discipleship guide to them. I know some folks think that may be kind of something done in the past. But I think a good practice for us to keep in mind is us delivering the personal study guide or the daily discipleship guide to everybody in our group. It's a way to get us in the door to have a conversation with people we may not see otherwise. It's just natural. That means at least four times a year I'm able to at least talk to them on their front porch, maybe in their living room. Uh, and that's invaluable for me to be able to do that. But using that front cover 
uh, in that way, I think is something that we, we need to think of some more ways to use it well. Yeah. Um, Mike, any other ideas or thoughts that you have about this particular lesson? Oh, just, you know, a quote popped into my mind. I believe it was Billy Sunday said it, that going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to a garage makes you an automobile. <laughs> I think somehow that fits. Uh, somehow that fits with, with what we've been talking about here. Uh -huh. You know, history is filled with testimonies of <clears throat> God's saving the most unlikely people. Th those that we might write off as unreachable, you know, they're, you know, they're just, you know, they're, they belong in the Valley of Dry Bones because that's just the way they are. You know, there's the Sauls of Tarsus. There's the John Newtons who wrote Amazing Grace, you know, testimony after testimony. Mm -hmm. It you know, reminds us that no one is beyond his reach and no one is beyond hope that Christ died for the worst of sinners and he can save the worst of sinners. And this lesson reminds us of that. And he has saved the worst of sinners. Think about on the cross. You have a man who knows he should be executed. Yeah. Who Christ says, you're going to be with me today. God interrupted that man's life. He understood who Christ was. He accepts Christ. And he was sentenced to death. And he knew he deserved death. So even a person in that kind of category is someone who God can and will redeem. Uh, and... and the, sometimes the problem is not whether God will redeem them, but are we willing to believe God will redeem them? Yeah. I, I will give a, a, a warning too here. We can't assume everybody in our group is a believer. We need to be careful when we're teaching lessons like this to make that assumption. This lesson does give us the opportunity for people to share us, ourselves as teachers, plus the folks in our group to share about their salvation experience. Uh, which may be more important than actually teaching the full lesson uh, is giving people that opportunity to share about how Christ helped them realize their need for him. Mike, thank you for sharing with us today. Thank you for being with us. You mentioned QuickSource uh, from time to time on this podcast. We do mention different resources in the Explore the Bible family, uh, QuickSource, Leader Pack, Adult Commentary, other things. You can find out more about all the Explore the Bible resources on our website at goexplorethebible.com. We want to thank you for listening to us this week, and we hope you'll join us next week. We'll be looking at session seven. We'll be looking at verses in Ezekiel chapter 16 and Ezekiel 23. We'll also be looking at Psalm 139. We'll be thinking about the value God places on all human life. Mm -hmm.